Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Actually, I just started recording. Are you I like hope not. That was some inappropriate. Chris Hardwick with Nerdist, where like he just starts recording before they're even in the room. Oh, I, I would love to be Chris Hardwick. It, I just want to meet Chris Hardwick. You're cuter. Aw. I'm recording this so that I might use it. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 145 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam, and I don't have a Joe with me today, but I do have two of the three of our three-headed sass monsters. If you've been with us a while, you know that that means that this episode's going to get off the rails really quickly. Um, so they're two of my favoriteest people in the world, though. So first off, Christina. Hi, buddy. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Hi. That there it is. There's like your catchphrase. And also at the time this comes out, happy birthday, Andrea. Happy birthday, me. It's like Happy birthday to me. I think the only the last time you were on for like a full episode was when you were Uber pregnant. So I think you're only doing major life events for the podcast now. I am. Oh, what's gonna be next time? I I don't know. Ooh, new house? That's kind of a big thing. Yeah. That Listen, we'll, we don't have to figure that out. Okay. I'll keep you updated on Thank major you. life Please, events. Yeah, the listeners are curious. Uh, so last the last few times, you guys have both done all YA, but you both have read more than just YA. So you're two very prolific readers, so I thought I would bring you back on because you haven't been on in a while. Look and hard. we're going to go back and forth through some book recommendations. So birthday girl gets the rights. I think it's her. I she should go fair. first. Aww. So you, the floor is yours, Andrea. Okay, well, oh, let's start. Okay, let's start with this one. I was say, you should have one at the I very beginning. Really you knew we were going to start talking about books. I would hope you'd have one to talk about. I have a list. Okay. So I'm going to go with this one, um, The Enragement by Sarah Dunn. Mm-hmm. What? I I had that one. But go. Okay. Um, so I actually listened to the audiobook of this one, and it was very well done, because I know audiobooks can go one way or another, depending on the narrator. So it's about this couple who've been married for seven, ten, a long time, many years. Our listeners uh, are like, yeah, seven years. <laughs> um, so they decide to spice up their marriage. They're going to have an open relationship. And they set some ground rules. They can't talk about it. Um, no one in town. Uh, well, that just seems really difficult. Well, because they don't. How big is the town? The yeah. wife is like, I don't want to be having dinner with some friends, and this other woman you're sleeping with is sitting across the table from Bye, me. Bye, babe. Going to men Don't ask questions. Pretty much. It's a deep um, cut for everyone who isn't from Northeast Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, 45 minutes away, guys. Yeah, it's going to be a long podcast. Continue. <laughs> um, and just rules like that, and they think they're being smart and they're being dumb, and it's about how uh, they start. Oh, these open relationships with other people and how their happy marriage does not stay a happy marriage. What? Right? Seems crazy. How weird would that be? It would be weird. 
Um, and then the pluses and minuses of everything that goes down. And it is very well done. It's very good. Okay. I have it on, I had it on my, I think because you told me to read it. I, did. I had it on my excited about, I'm going to read that. I think I was like a couple chapters in and I'm like, this is going to be a giant disaster. For them, the book was good. The giant disaster was not the book. It was the events that happened. Gotcha. So I definitely recommend that one. Okay. Christina? Um, I have The Hush by John Hart. Um, it's actually coming out. I got to read an advanced reader copy. Do you know when it's coming out? Uh, next year. <laughs> That's okay. I do that all the time. It's fair. No, I, I think it is next year. I think it's early release 2018. I apologize if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what I saw on the cover. So this is a sort of sequel to one of my favorite books of all time, The Last Child. Um, it's like contemporary fiction and suspense. Uh, what's interesting about... So in the first book, The Last Child, the narrator's a 13-year-old boy. He is now 23, so it's 10 years into the future. What happens in The Last Child is a lot of deeply sad emotional events for our narrator, Johnny. And it involves his best friend, Jack, and they're both in the second book as adults and kind of, like, dealing with what has happened since. And some people in the first story have fixed their life and gotten better, and some people have gotten much worse. And what was interesting in the first story where there there were some elements of magic and, like, magical realism where you as the reader aren't sure, and he explores that again in the second book, Johnny has this sort of knack for things that doesn't really make sense and he really does a good job of making you not question if it's real but in what like what plane is this on is this real is this really happening is magic real and it's really interesting and of course he's a really good suspense writer so you kind of sit like on the edge of your seat waiting to see what happens it was really really good personally the last child is still my favorite i think there's something really special about johnny being 13 that made a lot of the elements of the book much easier to kind of go with whereas when he's older he's also still 23 and we're supposed to believe he's just like so mature and old and i'm like 23 though <laughs> like as a 29 year old I, I really just like have a difficult time believing he's like gotten his life this settled because i have not gotten my life that settled so so who are those by again john hart and important question do you think people could read Hush without reading The Last Child? Um, I would read the. I, I think it could be a standalone. He does explain what happened in the first book, but I don't think you'll understand Jack and Johnny's relationship without reading the first. And their relationship's very special. They've been through a lot together. And they overcame something that a lot of people couldn't. So I, I do think, and I, I do think The Last Child is better. So if you are interested in John Hart's works, start with The Last Child. Okay. So while they're waiting for Hush to come out next year, <laughs> they, they can read, read The Last, Last Child. Child. Yes. Worth it. So good. All right, birthday gal. Okay. The other one I listened to is One of Us is Lying by Karen M. McManus. This is told by a couple different narrators. And one of my favorite things that audiobooks do is when it's different narrators, they have different narrators. Yeah. So it's not the same person just doing a different voice and trying to trick you, which makes it so much easier to listen to. Uh, unless it's Jim Dale doing Harry Potter, that's totally fine with me. Okay, well, that's different. Sorry, continue. <laughs> so One of Us is Lying is kind of a, oh my God, the Breakfast Club-esque <laughs> thing. Because um, there's the brain, the beauty, the criminal, the athlete, and the outcast. And they're all in detention. Except the outcast dies in the middle of detention. Well, um, and it's it, like that episode of Boy Meets World where everyone dies. Yes. 
and Jennifer Love Pfeffer. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Um, <laughs> um, and then it turns out his death was at an accident. And so Simon, the outcast, runs this like app, very Gossip Girl esque, um, where he reveals secrets. And, and then it turns out that he had secrets on these other one, two, four individuals. And they're all like life ruining secrets. And he was going to release them. So it's become very suspicious that he died mm. when these four were in detention with him and he had secrets on them. So it becomes this dun, dun, dun. yes, murder mystery kind of whodunit. Was that you doing the like the Jason Voorhees sound? Okay. YA adult? YA. Would you recommend this one as well? I would. Nice. And, and it sounds like a very good... For people who are like, oh, the Breakfast Club remake, it's not. It's just kind of how five people are in detention and they're all from different... Walks of life. Walks of life. So and how they need to... Club. They come together because they're all, like, suspected of murder. Now, do you know who did it as a reader? Or do you find out when everybody... Yes. Oh, that's kind of cool. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't know. You find out at the end. Oh, okay. But yeah, while so you're reading it, you're... you're it's like Clue. Yes. It is like Clue. I loved Clue. Who did it in the classroom with the peanut oil? They used peanut, peanut oil? oil. Kid was allergic to peanuts. That's how he killed him? Mm-hmm. So I assume you found that out pretty early. Oh, yeah, 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 you yeah, just you do. does say you just blew it out That's, hole. like, just not as dramatic as I thought. Sorry. Because, I mean, I know yeah, that's very, like, like, that's a very challenging allergy, yeah. but, like, I figured And they couldn't like a... find his EpiPen, so he had... Oh, okay. I went to school with a kid who was so, like, fifth grade, he was so allergic to peanuts that... No one in the class could have anything with peanuts. I did. I've seen that die. before. I yeah, had um, very when I was substitute teaching, I opened the drawer. They're like, and so and so has an EpiPen. I'm like, I am not qualified to handle this. <laughs> Christina, uh, lay the, us on another lay uh, another one on us. Okay. Words. Uh, the Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. I I don't know. I guess this could be. I mean, there's definitely adult themes in it, but I don't think. I think it's it, it could go both ways. Um, it's about World War uh, Two. And it's so wonderful. It's one of the greatest books I've ever read. I think a lot of people compare it to All the Light We Cannot See, which they should not do because they're both very different. I have my Goodreads review pulled up. That's not, that's not <laughs> what I was – okay, I was, I was looking. Continue. Sorry. No, you're doing great. I know. I'm I got so it on your side of, of the wall, man. Stay on your wall over there. We're in – no one can see this because we're on a podcast, but we're in different rooms. But there's glass between those rooms. The Nightingale by Chris and Hannah. <laughs> anyway, vastly different from All the Light We Cannot See. But what I loved about this book is it's about two sisters. Their names are Vianne and Isabel. And you don't know who the Nightingale is throughout the story. And that's kind of like why you continue to read because it does jump back and forth. And you know it's one of the sisters who's in the future. Or not necessarily, who's in the present time. And... The, how they reveal who the nightingale is and it's it's so good and it ta- it just the devastation that occurred in world war Two is just so completely well written and that you could feel what was going on you could feel the devastation you could feel and it really explores how people made the choices that they did you know it talks about how people are people and you put them in the situ- in a situation like war their best and worst parts from themselves are going to come out like I don't want to give too much away, but, like, Vianne um, ends up having to host a a Nazi soldier. And, obviously, it's World War II. He's the bad guy, but he's not the scum of the earth. He's a human being who gets caught up in this, and they explore this whole, like, the nuance of how they got there and, like, how he eventually realizes, like, he is on the wrong side. 
and there's not much he can do about it. It was just really interesting. And then, of course, there is, like, a romance in it between Isabel and another character, and I thought that was really well done. It was just really good. It talks a lot about, you know, the main theme of the story has been in love, people become who they want to be, and then war, they become who they are. But I would challenge that because I felt like the love aspect between the, the romance of the characters, the the marriage that Vienne has with her husband... But really, the, the the love that I think shined the brightest was the one between the two sisters. I thought that was huge. Like, your sister is the person you, is your first friend in the world, but she's also probably the friend that you fight with the most. So there's challenges, and it's just it's just really well done. I really, really enjoyed it. So Especially when she steals my shirts. <laughs> yes. Can I, I'm going to do a soapbox real quick, but I'm around, like, talk about World War II, and, and so, uh, so I, we're not a political podcast, but the country we live in America is horrible right now. It's depressing and a bummer. So I have been trying to read books uh, by diverse authors and things like make me think. Um, so this is just like, I'm going to do a call to a quick number of different authors that I really think people should read. First one, I'm I'm re-reading or reading everything that Jason Reynolds has ever written. Uh, I'm reading All American Boys right now. Uh, he has a book that's coming out in a little bit called Long Way Down. He has a book called Ghost. Jason Reynolds writes books uh, through the eyes of young African African American uh, men and women, like growing up in tough situations, and it's all about you know people seeing each other as human beings, not the color of their skin or what they how they talk or things like that. So I can't recommend uh, anything Jason Reynolds re- writes highly enough. Um, but just some other thing, I especially this time in our country, I just want people to be reading different perspectives. So if you're a fan of YA, I like a couple of books that you should really check out. When Nimple Met Rishi, uh, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas, um, anything by Jewel Parker Rhodes, uh, anything by you, Andrea, you have something to say? I'm thinking of this, trying to, the Pigeon Man going through my Goodreads to find this book. The Pigeon Man from our summer read titles was Ooh. a really good one. I remember it. The yeah. Lies We Tell Ourselves. Let me look up the author. Yeah. I, while you do that, just... I, th- I really hope people and I and I'm thankfully I think the people who listen to this podcast I think have an open mind much like we do since Jill and I try to go out of our way to, to find as many different types of voices as possible but if you aren't reading books about people who look or sound differently than you I hope you'll consider some of these just because it's important to get different perspectives and hear what other people have to say and what they experience so um on that note the Lies We Tell Ourselves by Robin Talley mm-hmm. takes place in 1959 Virginia, um, and it's about the integration of white schools and black schools, and it's told from the perspective of Sarah Dunbar is one of the first black students to attend the previously all-white Jefferson High School. An honor student at her old school, she's put into remedial classes, spit on, and tormented daily. Linda Harson is one of the daughters of the town's most vocal opponents of school integration. She has been taught all her life that the races should be kept separate but equal. Forced to work together on a school project, Sarah and Linda must confront harsh truths about race, power, and how they really feel about one each other. That's awesome. That was extremely powerful, well-written, mm-hmm. amazing book. Nice. So that was just my little soapbox minute. Um, we'll get back to our regularly scheduled normal book <laughs> recommendations you guys have. But, yeah. Also, The Man in the High Castle. Also a really good one to read, especially given Philip the landscape. Philip K. Dick? Philip K. Dick. Yes. Very good. Um, okay. Well, I is. T- Christina. Ah, yes. Um, 
Now I feel bad because I'm just like diverging off this like really great topic. No, no, no. <laughs> that was I. The only reason I brought it, those are the books I've been reading lately. And you mentioned World War Two and Nazis and the stuff going on in Virginia. And then that's that's why I've been reading the books I read. So I wanted to throw that in there now. So don't feel at all bad about switching gears entirely. Segway. Segways. Segway are... to Outlander. Yeah. <laughs> By Diana Gavadon. <laughs> so, okay. I saw the show on Stars before I read the book, which I, I, I really enjoyed that experience because the book is so close to the show. Like, I really didn't feel like they, they, they pretty much got it all in, into the fir- uh, first and second seasons. It's really good. It's not, it's a romance, yes, but it's a really good feminist-driven romance. It has a really great eye. It's a historical fiction. I, for one, learned so much about the Jacobite uprising. I knew nothing about it, and the book does a really good job explaining it, helping you experience, and, like, just how truly challenging of a time it was for Scotland. And if you guys don't know anything, in 1743, um, the pretender, Bonnie Prince Charlie, was staking a claim to the throne, and Scotland supported his bid because they believed he would do better for them. It's, you know, it was just, it's his name was Bonnie Prince? No, that's like a saying they called him, like Pretty Prince Charlie, because he was a young, good-looking guy. <clears throat> Bonnie means pretty. So it's all about how, like, so this nurse, Claire, in, is in 1945. She's on her second honeymoon in Scotland with her husband, Frank. And they've been separated for a few years because she was a World War II nurse. So they go to Inverness and Cragnadoon, which is made up. I thought it was real. Uh, and she sees these stones and falls through them into 1743 Scotland, where she gets caught up in, like, the Redcoats and the Jacobites and, like, where she falls and all of it. And, of course, she meets this, like, rugged Scotsman and, like, has all these mm-hmm. challenging emotions about it because she's obviously married, but she doesn't know how to get back home. And they kind of come up with this scheme to protect her because one of the Redcoats takes particular interest into her, into her. He thinks she's a spy, Captain Blackjack Randall. He is also the spitting image of her husband. So it's this like really kind of mind warp thing. It's really good. There's a lot of books in this series, but if you haven't started reading and you don't know if you want to, definitely watch the show. It's it's a good time. Is there a new Outlander book coming out in the near? Is that what you started this with? I'm sorry. No, I don't. I think she has one planned. Uh, the main thing is, is the next season comes out. September 10th. So that's why I was really interested. I don't know Are if there she like has... like 10 of them right now? Yeah, she's... Because someone on Twitter asked her if she was ever worried that, you know, the show was going to surpass the books and she was like, no. Not at all. You love Outlander so much as does my wife who's one of your best friends that you guys took a day off to watch <laughs> yeah. the next one when it comes out which I think is hilarious. It's it's so good. It's very long. Her books are very long. So the first book is 863 pages. Woof. So, yeah, right? she 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 tells a story. She packs uh-huh. a punch. Okay. Um, trying to see if there's anything coming out. That's, a, that's all right. I mean, it's Outlander, so people probably, they could probably get that info pretty yeah. easily. She's written several books in the series, and it's it's pretty good. Yeah. Andrea, what you, what you got next? I'm going to go with this one because I know it's on Christina's want to read list. And I just finished it yesterday and we were briefly talking about it earlier. Um, I'm thinking of ending things by Ian Reed. We need to, after we're done recording, we need to talk about the collection of books you've been reading lately because the, I'm all over the one place. of us is lying. I'm thinking of ending things. <laughs> what was the first one called? The Arrangement. Yep. There's no murder in that one. Okay, who wrote I'm Thinking of Ending Things? Um, Ian Reed. 
it's like a psychological kind of thriller thing. And it was okay. I read better. Mm-hmm. I was so excited about it. I loved the concept of it. Because you, as the reader, don't know what the ending thinks. Yeah, means. you're not sure if she's like, I'm going to kill me. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to just break up with him. Yeah. Hmm. Um, uh, the cover was, like, intriguing. It was okay. I I kind of saw it coming. Mm-hmm. So that kind of took away from it. I was like, oh, don't be this. And hmm. it was that. What follows is a twisted unraveling that will haunt you long after the last page's turn. So no? No, I, I finished it. I you closed out of the haunted. app and I was haunting? like, mm-hmm. Okay, well, well. Should I still read it? Um, cool. Glad you you brought that one to the podcast about book recommendations. <laughs> Sorry. You can't even recommend it to the person sitting next to you, let alone the bunches of people who listen. Sorry, in. Ian. Uh, I, I mean, okay. To In Ian's credit, it was well written. Okay. Written. Written. I that he's a word winner, too. So he's some people like his stuff. I oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm in the minority looking at all the Goodreads reviews. I'm definitely the minority yeah, of this group. That's how we, uh, The Summer That Melted Everything by Tiffany McDaniel. That was, we read that in our book club because our good, the Goodreads were like wholly positive and like we just. See, I think my thing is, is I would never tell someone not to read something because just because it doesn't work for me doesn't it mean it's not going to work for you. Yeah. That is a good outlook on life. Thank you for that. I'm getting wise in my old age. <laughs> read everything you can, even if you hate it. Yes. But if you hate it, don't finish it. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. There's too many books to read Nancy for me to Pearl read something I'm that, not liking. And she, she's the one who determines these things. Christina, <laughs> you got another one? Uh, Sure. I really enjoyed Big Little Lies by Lane Moriarty. That Moriarty? Moriarty. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Lane. That's all right. Uh, she's an Australian author. The book itself is set in, I forget what part of Australia. Um, and then the show, HBO made it famous. They set it in Monterey Bay in California. Mm-hmm. So it's rich women caught up in this elementary school uh, just with their kindergarten age children and someone dies and you don't know who the book itself is very funny and all the moms are like in in between the chapters the moms are being interviewed and they're like and just the drama that ensues but at the heart of it while there's a lot of funny unnecessary drama going on there's very serious stuff going on as well like dysfunction in a family it's it's really good and it's the first book that I've ever read that was that had all of that. Like, you know, I found myself laughing. I found myself crying. I found myself, like, really wanting to know what happened and really wanting to walk away from the book. It was so good. Hmm. And I read the book before it became a show. It was really kind of nice. I actually, like, closed the book and, like, went to Google more stuff about it. Like, sometimes you do just to see if, like, you felt the same way. And I had seen that HBO commissioned it for a show with Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, and what's the other girl? Shailene Woodley. Yeah. And um, really well cast. Again, I I don't just read books that are shows. It just so happens that the last (laughs) couple that I have had been turned into shows. But really good. I I thought the ending was great. And I'm surprised HBO is carrying it for another season. I don't think that's necessary, but that's my own opinion. But really good. Really suspenseful. It's – and it's – I feel like no matter where you live, you can picture these women in their lives. Like things that seem so – Small are so dramatic for them. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Nice. Um, I kind of talked about this last time I was on for my brief stint, but I'm reading the Six Tudor Queens by Alison Weir. I read um, Catherine of Argonne, The True Queen, and Anne Boleyn, A Queen's Obsession, King's Obsession. Those are the only two out. Jane Seymour's comes out next year. 
they're really good. Is it from their perspective? Yes. That's cool. Um, so they're skewed. So Catherine's obviously skewed to her viewpoint. Anna's skewed to hers. Um, and I like it because Alison Weir is actually like... A historian Historian. First, yeah. She's written um, novels on the Henry's wives and other people. So it's kind of like a lot of historical elements, true, but also sloughed up. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the one thing that weirded me out is obviously Anne's book, spoiler alert, ends with her beheading. What? I know. No. Um, and the last few sentences are from Anne's point of view after her head gets chopped off. And I'm like, okay, um, she's dead, so I don't... Well, I think you actually live for a few seconds after your head gets how chopped do you, off. How do people know that? Like, how? Yeah. It's like when they say you, on average, swallow eight spiders in your sleep I heard in your life. But, but that's because how would you know? My point... No, because... People have beheaded other people before, and I think they like see them still like. So do they like or reacting? Hook you up to a brain activity thing and then chop off your head, and they're like, "Oh yeah, he's still alive." Oh, no, I don't think they have. I don't think uh, that's brain what sensors. happens. I feel like that they you know outlawed. I think they witnessed kind of with their face. Hey, people in France were still getting guillotined in like the seventies. That is true. That is true. What just happened? I don't know. History. History is a weird thing, man. <laughs> yeah, that's. Who's it. your favorite queen? Oh, sorry. Um, of those eight, or of, of like hearts, I guess of the of King of King Henry the Eighth's wives. Um, I don't know. I'm seeing them all in a different light now. At least the first two. Bad I always feel bad for Catherine. Catherine. She but got then the I also the also like kind of root for Anne. She was like a go getter. Anne also got a short. I think all of his wives are just got the short end of the stick. Yeah. Especially um. Anne of Cleves. Yeah, was she the one that he was like, ugh? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. But they be, they stayed really good friends. I can't relate to this conversation at all. Anne I'm of, also rewatching Anne the Tudors. Anne of Cleves basically so got off the boat, and he was like, no way. So forget he married it. her, but he was like, nah, forget it. And they I just it. don't, it's, this is the biggest, one of the biggest rifts between my wife and I. I don't care at all about any of this. It, I under, like, and Jill, too. Jill loves all of these books. So and good. It's, I, I just don't care for, like, Victorian England or just any any of this for me. Miss it out, fun. man. I'm not, though. I've tried. All the drops. It's like, ask me my thoughts on, like, the Bronte sisters. What are your thoughts on the Bronte sisters? I don't really like them that much. I'm not a fan. So. My husband is spent the summer reading classics. Mm-hmm. I love you. classics. Just I know. Not those classics. And he read Wuthering Heights. And I was like, oh, what'd you think about it? He's like, it's a lot of talking. Well, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, they didn't have much to do back then. And then he's reading one of the Fedorsky brothers or some huge Russian novel. Anna Karenna? No, what? not that one. Oh, my God, it's sick. Brothers Dostoevsky. Brothers Kar- Sorry, Fedor Dostoevsky. Yes. The Brothers Karamazov. Yes, that one. Yeah. Great and book. I'm like, if you didn't like Wuthering Heights because it was all just talking to each other, what do you think a thousand pages of Russian literature is going to be like? I love, see, this is my this is my weird brain thing. I love Russian literature. It's very sad, but I love it. It's like so depressing. Mm-hmm. I know. All Spoiler right. alert. You'll cry. Spoiler alert for Russian literature. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happy. Okay. Do you guys have some more? I mean, uh, yeah. yeah but... so many. Um... I'm going to talk about the Clipped Wings series by Helena Hunting. That one was romance. It was new adult. So I have never, I've read books in new adult, and I I wasn't always sure what new adult meant technically because I thought it was like 
elements of YA with adult themes, which I think is so far what it mm-hmm. the ma- like seems to be because this one was very angsty. Oh, angst. And I, I enjoyed the angst, but mm-hmm. I also, I obviously, I read both books. I think there's more books in the series, but not with these characters. And it was a fan fiction at one point that got turned into a book. So we all know how I feel about fan fiction. Anyway, so. You hate it, right? I love it. <laughs> I understand why authors don't. I don't know how I feel about when books that were fan fiction actually get turned into books because I, I don't know this whole intellectual property thing. But whatever, I, di- I digress. So well, there's no, there's no new idea in the world. There's no new ideas. So true. True. I guess if you take someone's wonderful idea and like make it your own. Like speaking of Jason Reynolds, he just wrote a Miles Morales book. It's the new Spider Man. It's going to be a bestseller. That Lee Bardugo has a Wonder Woman book coming out. So it's like not that different. The only difference is those are commissioned like. They're working with the people. But, I mean, Lee Bardugo could have wrote a book called, like, Wow, Woman. And if it was the same story, <laughs> I, th- I didn't think of that all the way through, Wow, but, Woman? Yeah, instead of, like, one of those. My point is, it's, I think it's okay. I, think, I mean, I think I think you can, I mean, if you're reading, again, if you're reading, you're reading, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, no, it was good. Definitely a good time. Like, you're not going to get a lot from it, but it was definitely, like, you were very, like, interested. There was a lot of stuff that I was like, God, this much bad luck has happened to these two people. Really? They should really explore, you know, their choices. But, um, so... Look at your life. The main character, Tinley. What? Tinley. Her name is Tinley. That is a name. Popular name, actually. Is it? Right now. Baby's named that. Um, and the guy's name is Hayden. He is a tattoo artist. He's beautiful, of course. She, like, comes to his shop and is commissioning a tattoo, and uh, romance, of course, ensues. And it's actually really good. It was, it was. I mean, I didn't really like them at the end of the day. I feel like if they were my friends, I'd be like, God, get over yourselves. But also, <laughs> I kept, can't be friends anymore because you're just I did much. keep reading, and I, I got to the end, and I, you know, I, I don't know. I think it was a good time. If you're looking for, like, a good, I just want to have, like, a beachy, Roman, not beach, but like a book you want to read on the beach and you want some drama and some angst and some sex. That's a book you should read. <laughs> Sorry. That's what the, it is. The cli- so this is the Clipped Wings series? series? It's by Helena Hunting. Her name sounds like Helen Hunt. Yep. It's probably not her real name. at the end. It's probably her real name. Might be. Um, okay, so another one I read. <laughs> other murder-ish. Story. You I got, read like smutty romance over here, and you're like murder. Man, murder. you had a baby and got dark. I love it. Before, pre pre baby, it's like guys. I read this fantastic, like this wonderful YA fantasy. It's it's incredible. Come back post baby. It's like everything died in the books I read. <laughs> Jeez. And there's murder and blood. All right. Um, this is up. called My Sister Rosa. And I'm going to apologize to Justine now. Her last name is Larbully Steer. <laughs> it is in the show notes, everyone. So yes. you don't have to try and. Um, so, Che Taylor is a teenager. And I like him because he's like, not like, I'm beautiful and everyone loves me. He's got acne and he's not. Good. The best I, looking guy. I'm so plain um, and no one's interested in me except six guys. And I love them all and I can't I pick I don't know one. who to pick. Um, and his sister is, Rosa, is I want to say like eight, ten-ish range. And she is 
crazy. Oh, creepy child. Yes. Yes. Um, so he likes boxing. He wants a girlfriend. His parents have just moved them from, like, I think Australia to New York. And he is the only one who sees that his sister is a psychopath. Like, his parents are just like, oh, she's just eccentric. And he's like, no, she kills things. She's crazy. Um, so it's him trying to, like, protect the world. And these people that they've befriended and known it come to know in New York from her, like, antics. And she, um, it's in it's in the synopsis, so it's not ruining anything. Um, she does kill a guinea pig. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, a guinea pig. Yeah, poor little guinea pig. So he knows that she's not just, like, out there. He knows that she's legitimately, like, crazy insane and will probably be eventually become a murderer or psychopath. So he's that is one to, of the signs. It is a sign. It's like we need to talk about Kevin. Did you ever read that? No. That book was yeah, it's, it's effed up. So that was I, that was really good. It was very interesting to see, like, this teenager, like, try to keep his sister under control because he's made her, like, promise to, like, not do anything. <laughs> she's like, and she's very manipulative. She's like, oh, I won't. And she, like, has her parents wrapped around her finger. Like, they'll try to discipline her. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. Can you not do that? You're creeping me out. It's not great. I don't like that voice at all. I'm sorry. Ugh. I'd be I'm like, immediately sorry. that I child is, know. there's something wrong. I won't do it again. I promise. Ugh, I don't Ugh. like any of this. I'll Ugh. read it, though. I like that. It was good. No, I'll read the book. It I don't like your, your voices. Um, Christina? Um, Luckiest Girl Alive. Uh, that book actually, who wrote that? I don't. I didn't write that down. I'll I'll track it while you talk about it. She's amazing. I can't believe I don't. I gotta I gotta find this. It's gonna bother me. Follow her on Inst- Jessica Knoll. Follow her on Instagram. <laughs> uh, so this book was Jessica. I picked it up. I started reading it, and I was kind of. And Andrea did the same thing, which is why I'm trying to tell her to power, power through. Read it as an ebook. So. I tried an audiobook and I it's tapped out. It's a suspenseful psychological book about a girl who her name is Tiffany. She goes by Ani and she's kind of this New York elite who's about to get married and we're kind of neatly unpacking her life and all the things that have made her who she is. She's the worst person. She I but I'm telling you, I think we're supposed to think she's terrible. I think I was the slut shaming that I had problems with. Well, I mean, it happens. That happens in the world. Yeah, but she was aggressive about it. Well, there are aggressive women who do it. Well, but I- we're supposed. But when you unpack somebody and you find out why they are the way they are, you can't justify why they're bad or they're wrong. But it helps you have understanding to why she is the way she is. I just had a visual of someone laying on the table and you cutting them open and like literally unpacking them. Will you stop reading murder books? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, th- we have to have a conversation. We have to have a conversation over recording. here, Donnie Darko. Okay, so. It's not my fault. There is, in the book, there is something that you think has happened in her past. And you think you know it. And it's pretty much established from like, I think chapter three. I can't remember exactly. But then towards the end, it's like, oh no. <laughs> that is not it. There's way more to the story, and it's so good. Jessica Knoll wrote a letter, and Lenny letter, about her dedication. Her dedication says, to all the Tiffany's in the world, I know. And you don't know what she knows, but read that letter well, after Maybe she's you- saying, to all the Tiffany's in the world, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, she based, and it's so funny how you describe her. I think I think you should give it a try. I think read the book and then read the letter, and you'll know. Didn't you read the letter first and then the I book? I did. But I think 
the perspective that you're having, keep it, finish the book, and then read the letter. There's no wrong way or right way to read it, but it's very good, very well done, very knuckle gripping. Like, I, I had to finish it. I actually stayed up to, like, 2.30 in the morning to finish this book and then, like, could not sleep because I was just like, whoa, my gosh. Reading messed up stuff in the middle of the night is normally my bag. That's yeah. normally my thing that I do. Not enough melatonin in the world. I could not fall asleep. <laughs> uh, d- d- Andrew, do you have another terrible, horrible, very bad upsetting book Dark, to talk to us scary about? Um, upcoming ones I do. <laughs> Andrew's reading list is dark and full of terrors. Love it. Like my life and my soul. <laughs> that got dark. The whole thing's been dark. Welcome to 30. <laughs> I took a turn. Okay. I went from happy, shiny to like everything sucks. It's like a less depressing. Her baby is the cutest though, so she's, it's fine. She's that is true. tons of joy and butterflies in her life. And she started saying mama. Oh, yeah. shut up. Yeah. That's so cute. Can you show me a video of that? Hey, guys. Are we even friends? Hey, guys. Sorry. I don't have a video of it because it's so random. Hey, guys. I'm s- All right. Oh. I don't want to have to edit a lot of this thing. <laughs> They care about my baby. Uh, Is that a title? No. I was like, that's a cool title. We should write that book. Anyway, I can talk about Afterwards by Rosamund Lipton. Lupton. Did you did you recommend that to me? Uh, no. I'm excited about this Rosa one. Rosa what? Rosamund Lupton. Afterwards? Afterwards. Afterwards. After, afterwards? Like afterwards. We go. Afterwards, we're going. Okay. So, so okay. Suspense. Mystery. Um, it's about a... F- so this mother rescues her daughter from a fire and she has and like it's the aftermath of this fire that she's rescued her child from and it comes down to who did it trying to figure out who the arsonist is and why they're targeting her kid and so i'm sure there's a lot of layers to that i don't know i i haven't read it i'm excited about it i think it sounds really good it sounds right up my alley Mm -hmm. um a blogger that i follow recommended it Cupcakes and cashmere. She loves overdrive. She does love overdrive. She talks about us all the time. Um, I have another one, and I can guarantee neither of you have read it, and I can almost guarantee no one is listening to this has read it. But ring it. So I have a very good friend who I met through overdrive. She came to a Digipalooza like six years ago and when she worked at a library, and now she no longer does. She's an independent author. Her name is Jandra Sutton. J-A-N-D-R-A. I follow her on Twitter. Yeah, you do. She just got married. Congratulations. She's incredible. She also has fierce hair. Uh, (laughs) She wrote a book called Fragile, and it started on Wattpad. She has a bunch of people who read her stuff on Wattpad. Uh, I think she has over a million reads of her books on Wattpad. And she wrote a book called Fragile, and it's like 150 pages. And it's the main character is this girl who is deaf, and she's in high school. And... She, uh, Jandra has a sibling who uh, has a hearing disability. So, like, she really, like, this is the first book I've ever read that puts you in the mind of someone who's deaf and, like, all the things they go through. Like, uh, because they're deaf, they have really bad equilibrium. So, like, someone subtly bumping into them into a hallway of a high school can knock them over. And, like, there's just all this stuff, like a teacher who's not paying attention and is talking to the board as opposed to talking to the classroom. Like, she, they can't get any of those notes and so it's a love story and it's heartbreaking and wonderful and perfect and you can read it in like an afternoon it's called fragile again it full disclosure jandra is a good friend of mine but i i don't cry often i cried at the end of this book and i yelled at her so i hope everyone goes and gets it um i don't Your think it's in overdrive right now but i 
think you can get it on Amazon for like $2. So I do love Wattpad. So do we. We, are, we have a sponsorship deal Overdrive does with Wattpad where we pay them to promote our new app Libby. So we also love Wattpads. They're go wonderful. Libby! Download Libby. Yeah, go down the Libby. So, um, all right, let's do one more from each of you guys. Uh, books that you're reading right now-ish. Okay. I just started, and by just started, I mean like an hour before I came in this room. Um, Agatha Christie's Murder on the Orient Express. <gasps> so good. I didn't know you started that. I haven't. That's so exciting. They're making a movie, and it looks Well, that's incredible. why I'm, I'm reading. I read, um, and then there were none a couple years ago. Um, so when I saw the trailer for the movie, which looks amazing. Oscar, I think. Um, I'm Kenneth like, Branagh's mustache is going to win an Oscar. Right? Right there. I'm like, I need to read this before it comes out. So I just started that. Mm-hmm. Well, I... People kind of know the story, I would assume, but there's a murder on the train. That's it's like Clue on a train, but better. <laughs> yes, and Agatha Christie. And, and it's Agatha Christie. No one so. does it no. quite like Agatha Christie does. Because I remember reading, and then there were none thinking this is going to be like, eh, because it was written like back I don't, long ago. Not that the books were written long ago or bad. Yeah, Ten Little Indian Boys, man. Um, and <laughs> loving it. And then I don't know why I never read another one. Well, you you picked a good one. I did. That's a good. I mean, that is one. That's my favorite. So, so I'm. Josh excited. Gad with, also has a mustache. <laughs> uh, Josh Gad is in it too. Yeah. yeah. This is gonna. Oh man, I'm I excited mean, about this. His mustache the is cast less impressive. Is like phenomenal. Like I am excited about this mm-hmm. movie. Well, I guess it's a good transition because we talked about this earlier. I was talking to Andrea just this morning about We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson, because that's getting turned into a movie, and I love that book. Uh, story. It's about two sisters. Mary Cat and Constance who live in a house and it's of course like this like mansion haunted looking in the middle of the woods and the town resents them because their family died under mysterious circumstances and they suspect one of the sisters did it and you find out throughout the story what actually happened and there's a lot of just weird it's a very unsettling book uh, Mary Cat is the smarter sister who like prides herself on taking charge, and it's just very unsettling. And you start to unravel oh, what really happened to the family and who probably killed them. The butler did it. And the townspeople are involved in some ways. Their cousin Charles comes to visit, and he's kind of got this seedy past, and he's clearly a weasel, and he tries to woo one of the sisters, which I know it's kind of weird, but uh, really good. I'm really excited they're turning it into a movie. I I can't wait. I think it's going to be good. I'm excited about it. Interesting. A lot of really good suspenseful house films coming. Mm-hmm. Although the house does not look suspenseful. Oh, yeah. Is that that movie? Is that with? That's uh, Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler. Oh, yeah. Well, that looked good. Yeah. It does um, look good. Suspenseful, no. But. Speaking of suspenseful books like that, and because you're both in here and because all three of us love her, uh, I read Don Kurtagich's books. Not you two, but I mean you two as well. Uh, maybe Christina hasn't read them. I don't know, but I have. Um, I've read them. And the yeah, trees I just crept- had all of them. I Dead, like ha- them. Dead House and and the trees crept in. And then she also has um, Dead House, the Nadia Files. Yeah, that's yeah. like the. It's like a novella companion. Yeah, yeah. I've read. Ne- and I've she's read- working on another book right now, and she just saw the Cursed Child because she and I are friends. And I follow her on Instagram. I yeah, watch you her follow stories. her. On, you follow her on Instagram, but she and I email back and forth about being friends. Look, we're so. best friends by proxy. <laughs> That's fair. That's like me and Chris Hardwick. Um, <laughs> okay. Are there Hi, any, John. Are there any other things you guys would like to talk about? 
think we covered it. Andrew, what are you most looking forward to during your birthday? Brunch. And it's my birthday and it's all about me. What's your What's your favorite brunch food? Oh. I don't waffles. Correct. That's the right answer. That's the correct answer. Waffles and bloody marys. <laughs> yes. That's I mean that's the uh, right answer. Truly. Christina, what are you most excited about about Andrew's about life? Um Andrea's birthday, That's and it. I'm making the Bloody Marys, so I know they'll be good. Yeah, you're really confident about these. Andrea brought this up to me about how confident you are about your Bloody Marys. Yeah, not that you would know because you're not coming. I'm. I have to work. We'll mm. talk about this once we get done recording. <laughs> I'm um, not confident in my Bloody Marys. You asked for them by request. You're I'm confident com- in my Bloody Marys. I am confident yeah. in your Bloody Marys. Okay. I we'll talk more about this in a <laughs> moment. So, all right. Well, ladies, you two are. Shining stars in my night sky, and you're wonderful people, and I appreciate both of you. Thank, Thank you, you for being wonderful friends and for sitting down and giving us book recommendations. My always, always, always a always. pleasure. Okay. Goodbye, goodbye, everyone else, and goodbye, ladies. Bye. Bye. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.